Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. All right, Farron, we've played plenty of space games in the past. We have. We've also played Mountain Blade in the past. Are you mm. ready to play Mountain Blade Warband in space? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Star Sector, formerly known as Starfarer. This game released on April 26, 2013 from Fractal Softworks. This game is found on Linux, Windows, and Mac. And this is created by... I think about six or seven developers all in and it's been going consistently getting constant regular updates for seven years now they wow. actually just put out their zero point i think it was nine five patch uh, on april 3rd That's, so wow <laughs> yeah i've i've been playing this game for a couple of years now i love it for basically the exact reason that i described it's more mountain blade but in space uh it is entirely this freeform game with what endeavors to be a realistic functioning uh solar system economy basically the story is that it's set in the year 3126 there's been this massive collapse and the worlds are now run by mega corporations and these mega corporations protect their property by well, having DRM on everything, basically, and it's very difficult for you to steal their property. And it's exactly like Mountain Blade, but space. Again, you, you go, you sign up with the company, you uh, start making money by doing jobs for them. They start sending you out to uh, go find further and more difficult things, and you can eventually start settling your own planet, and you settle multiple planets, then you create your own organization, and you split off, and it then devolves from there with typically a lot of saturation bombings of planets and, and some war crimes so <laughs> let's uh let's get into it so tell me about your experience with the game well you know the minute i saw this on your list of games you wanted to try i sort of i took a look at it and the first thing that popped into my head was uh oh, what was it called star control which is a game from the 90s and star control 2 and there are two Star Control 3s, mostly two companies fighting over who gets to call it that, but it's the same idea, sort of a top-down shooter, and you sort of go about your business, traitor, fighter, whatever you want. Obviously, this is you know, 30 years later. It's, a, it's way more advanced. I didn't mind it. I have the same issue with this as I did with the original Star Control, which is that I don't really go for the top-down shooter thing. I mean, Star Control 2 was cool because it had like a dueling mode that my friends and I could play on one computer, just sort of shoot it out with each other. Uh, okay. And I, you know, the first thing I did is I ignored the tutorial for this game and I went looking for a fight. And it's it's a different sort of combat. It reminds me a lot of gratuitous space battles. Have you ever played this? No. We'll have to give it a shot at some point. It's the same sort of thing where you, you create it, you have this fleet, you set up in advance, and you click go, and then you sort of sit back and let it happen. But in gratuitous space battles, it's nothing but space battles. That's it. You equip okay. your ships enough. You know, the, there is no story. There is blow stuff up. Obviously, right. this is way more complex. And, you know, I didn't mind it 
I found I bounced off it uh, much for the same reason that I bounced off Mountain Blade, which is that the the gameplay they aren't systems that really do it for me. Okay. Uh, it's pretty. I like the look of it. Again, it reminds okay. me a lot of Star Control and Gratuitous Space Battles, both games that I love the look of. I sort of futzed around for, you know, the hour, I just went and caused some trouble. I don't think I ever got involved in anything even remotely, you know, remotely connected to anything you talked about. I just went, <laughs> went and picked a fight with the first guy who found me and then went looking for more people. And it's neat. Like, I can see how people could play this game for seven years. It reminds me a lot of Eve in that way. It's like, this okay. is just a game that it's going to, it's going to touch just the right nerve for just the right gamer and away they'll go. And they'll never think twice about spending another 20 minutes with it, you know, mm -hmm. here and there, or maybe another hour or maybe 50 hours. But I don't know. It's just, again, maybe it's the mountain bladiness of it that did it for me. Cause remember how much I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of came into this, um, I was hoping that you'd latch into it a little bit because it was sort of, uh, it, it had a different setting, it was less yeah. uh, medieval fantasy, more sci-fi future. I thought that that might, might grab you in a little bit better, because I know of how much of a sci-fi geek you are, yeah. myself oh. included. You know, um, the setting, it, it was less about the setting than more about the gameplay. It's not that it wasn't fun, it's just that I looked at it and went, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I've found that really separates this out from Mountain Blade for me is that if you don't want to be really involved in the combat, you don't really have to. Mm -hmm. You can get into the into the combat, which is a top-down view of a yeah. you know, field of combat with all the mm -hmm. ships arrayed out on it, and you can just click your capital ship, hit autopilot, and then you can sit in that overarching strategic view and just deliver commands, which yeah. reminded me sort of of um, rules of engagement. Thank you. Uh, in that you had so many commands that you could give out in a certain period of time, then you would need to wait a little while before your uh, comm system was ready to send out more orders. And if you sent out a mass group of orders, then okay, great. They'll all get that at the same time. Um, I, and yeah, I, I thought that that might be something like that would be a little bit more of your style of gameplay, the the grand command of it. Yeah, and and that does get my attention. Again, that's what gratuitous space battles is. You set up tactics, and mm -hmm. the difference with gratuitous is that you 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 set your tactics up, you place your ships, you hit play, and then you just watch well a gratuitous space battle, uh, and 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 it's from the top down. Uh, though the ships come from the left and the right, but whatever, it's still top down. Uh, sure. And, you know, Star Control is the same thing, though you control it in real time. And that isn't actually what the issue was. It was mostly that it was top down, believe it or not. It was the perspective as much as anything. Like later, we're going to talk about Homeworld, which was the first true and still the best 3D RTS ever made. This reminds me of like Galaga or Space Invaders. And okay. as much as I, I don't mind those sort of things, I never went for sort of the shoot 'em ups of the arcade era. And maybe mm. it reminds me too much of those. Like I keep thinking it wants me to plunk in a quarter. Uh, okay. You know, it's it's one of those things where I don't dislike the game. I'm just finicky and will never jump into it with both feet. You know what I mean? Right. But there's nothing I found about the game that I objected to. I just went, <laughs> I sort of looked at it and went, like, I didn't look at this and go, oh, this is garbage. It's not like, you know, you bouncing off of castles or something like that. Like, it's just, 
yeah, okay, like cool. And I, I got my time's worth out of it. I feel a little bit bad that I wasted your, your CD key on it, but uh, oh, you know, no, you know, at some point I'll go back and I'll probably give it another shot. And that's, I think what's going to wind up happening is I'm going to go back. I'm going to keep trying. And at some point it'll click or it won't, but at some point maybe it will. And I'll just go, hey, I see. You know, I've encountered games like that before where the first time I played, I went, yeah, whatever. Second time I went back, eh, whatever. And the third time, it's like, I, I get it now. And oh, yeah. sort of dove in. And I think probably that's what this game is. It's a game I'm going to love waiting for that. Waiting for my love. So, <laughs> which sounds awful, but yeah. Well, I yeah, I, I'm not super surprised. I kind of I kind of figured this would be, uh, be a roll of the dice. For me, like when I when I play Star Sector, the first I don't know probably hour hour to two hours is always very methodical and straightforward, and it's nothing exciting. It's very competent and good gameplay, but it's nothing terribly thrilling. It's later on once you've you know gone wandering out into space and you've heard a distress beacon for the first time and you make the terrible terrible mistake of going to answer it and then you get ambushed by you know two dozen pirate fleets yeah. um and it's it's a smart game it really really is uh there's a there's lots and lots of excellent videos out there but one of the things that's you know happened to me in the past and i know has happened to a lot of other people is that if you are smuggling something and you you run with your transponder off so that you're less visible and people don't know who you are so when you come into port to trade on the black market you're not remembered and they don't mind and you know suddenly a, a patrol picket sees you and they start coming over and you know that your fleet's going to get searched and you can dump all of your illegal cargo just drop it out into space okay fine you can have all my space heroin and my uh, illegally harvested organs um I'll just come back for those later. You know, that and sounds then, like a story I heard once of Elite Dangerous. That, you know, the, that sort of, well, I, you know, I'm a smuggler. I don't want to get caught. So you dump yeah. things, you come back later. It sounds that that's a story I heard out of Elite. I yeah. like that. I like that sort of thing. But in this, then the picket catches up to you and says, oh, hey, all right, we've, we've checked your fleet. You're clean. By the way, we found all these space drugs uh, floating a little ways back. They, those aren't yours, are they? No good we're gonna take them and okay. it's it's those little things that kind of make the whole thing feel real in breathing you go to different bars and maybe there will be um some scholar at this bar who has found the ancient remains of the civilization that came before the collapse and there's a huge mega ship somewhere out that he's got the coordinates to and you can go out you can get it you can find it and it'll be there and it'll have you know, ancient, highly powerful warships that are just abandoned and floating lifeless that you can salvage and you can add into your fleet. Or maybe there's going to also be a fleet of remnant ships, which are these strange AI that infest the sector that are oh, absolutely geez. terrifying that are going to jump on top of you. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah. Or... You know, the, the impression I get is that this game doesn't show its best foot first, which is, no. I mean, look, it's a seven-person dev team or whatever. I get that. I'm always reminded that a game right off the bat should tell you what it's about in the most exciting way possible, or at least the most eye-catching way possible. And if it's going to start you slow, like you know, the, what you said was after the first hour and a half, things open up. 
well, then you got to make that first hour and a half exciting and not just a lot of text. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe in my uh, my ancient old age, I've become a child with no uh, uh, with no attention span, and you have to grab me right away <laughs> or get off my lawn, one or the other. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the issue it, because everything you're talking about sounds awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like I think we talked about this in Star Trek Online. Uh, I've I've started that game from scratch like five times and I've never played the same the same tutorial twice because they mm. keep changing it because they want to make it as exciting and as interesting as possible. So right off the bat you go, oh this is cool. I'm gonna keep playing this. Maybe that's what they need to do is come up with a more compelling beginning. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that their their intro is relatively compelling. I think that mm -hmm. they do a good job with the tutorial. Um, okay. And I again, you know, this is this is not a game that has a, you know, full and complete release. I don't think that this yeah. game will ever have a full and complete release. Yeah, it's it'll the nature of a some, small. Yeah, story. it'll it'll be something that'll forever get tacked on to as the game goes along. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if they'll ever get to that point where there is a big flashy opening for a game like this, because I don't no like maybe that's just my limited mind as a non-game developer but i'm not sure how you do a game like this with a a big flashy opening that shows off all these wild and insane things off the hop yeah i'm not sure either but I also because i'm not a game dev i don't know it's you know it's it's one of the big it's it's one of those things that you know you're reminded that game development is an art not a science mm -hmm. uh and you know, what clearly is working for some people is not necessarily working for me. It kind of reminds me of Dwarf Fortress. This game has been going on in development forever, and that clearly it has a dedicated fan base, and it's not pretty, and it's not flashy, and it doesn't get you right off the bat. You look at this game and say, the idea of this game excites me, I'm going to jump in. And, you know, while it's not for me, I can understand why this game has been in development for many, many years and continues to be so because people clearly enjoy it and they're willing yeah. to have that bare bones experience. And that's totally fine. But it's not that bare bones. It actually looks super good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's pretty. It's really well designed. And when you get bored of the base game, it's got a huge modding scene, a massive really? modding okay. scene. That's cool. Yeah, all the way to, you know, expanding out the map, adding in more factions, adding in more ships, adding in more races, uh, making them all talk to each other as well okay. and, and trade with each other and actually have the proper um, political dynamics. Because, I mean, hell, that's something we haven't even discussed is that these factions will frequently go to war and the uh, balance of power in the entire system will change. That's yeah. brutal. <laughs> well, you know, it's... It's one of those things I'm probably going to have to try it again. Probably not right away because my my library of abject humiliation is really, really long. <laughs> but uh, well, we're know, working our way through it slowly. Slowly but surely, one episode at a time. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, nothing you have said makes this game less attractive to me. Well, not more attractive, that. admittedly, but, you know, it's, it's, I look at this and go, that sounds neat. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. Why am I not playing this? Again, yeah. I think probably... When I'm in a different mood, I'll jump back in, give it another shot. So sure, that makes sense. So uh, I guess that answers the question of will you will you come back to this game? And someday for me, <laughs> I'm 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 gonna keep coming back to it. Oh, so there you go. Okay, there it is. Okay, there it is.
Okay, Adam, do you long to return to the home of your ancestors? Yeah, England, yeah. Do you mind if I harass and shoot at you and burn down your home on your way out the door? I mean, that's our relationship in a nutshell. Yeah, there you go. So let's talk about Homeworld Remastered, which this game's kind of got a history. The original, it's a collection of Homeworld 1 and Homeworld 2. So Homeworld 1 came out in 1999, Homeworld 2 a few years later. Homeworld Remastered came out in 2015. Uh, it's all made by Relic Entertainment, who also did the, the Warhammer 40k Dawn of War games, all three of those. Oh, okay. Uh, it was initially, the very first two games were published by Sierra back when they were still, you know, a thing. And <laughs> I, I, I frankly think they chose Sierra because uh, Relic is based out of Vancouver and Sierra is in Seattle or Redmond or somewhere like that. Uh, but of course, you know, Sierra's long gone and Homeworld Remastered comes out of the fact that Gearbox Entertainment bought them. Okay. And my understanding is the guy who owns Gearbox Entertainment just really likes Homeworld. He said, I want that. You know, I think this came out of like a, one of those 2K fire sales when, uh, or not 2K, uh, one of these companies that sort of went belly up and uh, everyone, uh, THQ, I think is what it was. Uh, because THQ used to own, I think THQ used to publish Dawn of War stuff. So they sort of, all their stuff went out and Gearbox says, I'll take that. So... It's a PC game. It's available on Steam and on GOG. It's an RTS. It was the first serious attempt at an, a truly 3D real-time strategy game. And frankly, it's the only one that everyone, anyone's ever pulled off, honestly. I actually beta tested the original Homeworld back in the day. Uh, oh, over, really? Yeah, like back when beta testing wasn't just, they want, it wasn't just like a glorified stress test. We had to right. send in daily reports by email and the whole nine yards. I've actually still got the cover from the game framed uh, sitting behind me. And I've still got my original Homeworld 2 CD. So this game has does something that very few RTSs manage, which is that it tells a really compelling story and does so in a really cinematic way. So it's not just a quick cutscene and then go blow stuff up and then another cutscene and then go blow stuff up. They tried to create something truly cinematic. They used in an immense musical score. They actually went to the uh, 70s and 80s prog, prog rock group, Yes, to make mm -hmm. them a song, which is like 10 minutes long. Uh, it, it's pretty good, but it's 10 minutes long. And the idea is simple. You are, they never, I mean, you're humanoid, whatever you are, and your species has come across this massive thing called the Guide Stone, which is essentially a galactic map carved into stone. And it shows you that your home world is not where you live. It's actually the center of the galaxy. So you build this massive mothership and you prepare to go home. And in the midst of testing the mothership, uh, someone shows up and like blows up your planet and everyone's dead. And now it's just you. And so you figure, okay, well, I guess we better go home. And it's sort of the story of that journey and all these different factions you meet along the way, like the Bentusi who are really mysterious and, you know, that mystery is sort of driven home by this immense voice work that you hear throughout the game. And it tells a cool story about sort of the last survivors of their people. It's very Battlestar Galactica-esque. It's, it's almost a ripoff of the show. And you trying to get home. And, you know, the final mission is you getting home. And then Homeworld 2 is sort of you being driven from that home and then fighting your way back to that home. And, you know, it's they made improvements to the game and then, the, you know, remastered what they did is, well, they remastered it. It's much prettier. 
they sort of unified the control scheme. They mixed the best of both. And then they created a multiplayer, which you and I have played, where you can take either of the factions from Homeworld 1 or either of the factions from Homeworld 2 and mix and match them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I adored this game. I've been playing the hell out of it for, you know, 15, 20 years now. And I was thrilled when the remastered came out because they did a first-rate job of it. So was the remaster the first time you ever played it? Or had you played the original? No, okay. I played the original. My dad had it when it Uh came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. You must have been like five. Yeah, no, I was super young. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What did you think of it? Back in the day, I remember thinking that, oh man, this this is so cool. It's really... Like you said, it tells the story in a very cinematic style. The music was great. It was obviously way over my head for mm-hmm. complexity and actually being able to control the bloody game. <laughs> um, but uh, coming back at it again now, I, I feel very much the same way. It it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. The music is excellent. But I don't know if you could drag me back into playing this game again. Really? That's interesting. I really did not enjoy my time with this. I but you don't play RTSs as part of the problem, right? Yeah, I I don't particularly play RTSs and even if I did play RTSs, I feel like I don't enjoy the 3D aspect of this being an RTS. I hadn't played this since the last time you and I had tried playing multiplayer together, which is years and years ago now. Well, I think it's just so after like, the, re- the remaster came out, so that's like 5 6 years ago. Yeah. And then the time before that I had played this was, you know, when it had first come out originally. Yeah, yeah um, fair, fair enough. So my 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 grasp of the gameplay was minimal at best. Uh, when you load into the game, they there there isn't really much by way of teaching you the controls. I thought it had a great tutorial. They, I mean, you load in. They say, "Here's the mothership. All right, now set your fighters in a formation, and they'll wait." And if you don't know where the set formation button is hidden down in the bottom left corner of the screen, yeah. then you're going to be sit there clicking around. And uh, then they say, okay, now now go and go and attack things. And so I'm clicking one thing at a time and my fighters will go and they'll do this beautiful cinematic loop and they'll fly 15 minutes out to come back and do a strafing run. And then they'll fly another little ways out and come back <laughs> and do a strafing run. Yeah. And um so that wasn't super pleasant. It took me about 17 minutes to get through the first section until you make your really? first jump okay. uh, because it just took forever for 10 things to die. Uh, and then huh. you get to the next section where you're supposed to meet up with the caramel salami or something to that effect. I don't remember. Yeah, the there's name some weird show. names there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was another 20, 25 minute section. I got up at one point in time and I walked away from this game for about 10 minutes to go make a cup of coffee. And I came back and this is in the middle of a fight. It's supposed to be climactic and huge and exciting where you're getting attacked by this carrier. And um, I just, I I set set them to attack and uh, my resource collectors weren't able to collect enough resources. So anything new came out to speed the fight along, which I hadn't thought of beforehand. And uh, nothing was nothing was dying, and I came back ten minutes later, and the fight was still going. I think you had a an atypical experience with this tutorial. Uh, <laughs> I really do. I don't know. I I found it flowed really well, but a lot of it is I've been playing RTSs since there were since the original Dune Two. 
I knew immediately, you know, the first rule of an RTS is always be bringing in money and always be spending money. And like, I'm not some hardcore StarCraft II player. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm much, I'm much slower, which is why I like this game as much as I do. But it does have a, a slower feel. You know what it reminds me of, actually? The battles from the remake of Battlestar Galactica. Okay. This is not a fast-paced battle is over in 30 seconds. The, these are a little more drawn out. It could take five minutes to get from, you know, for your fighters to get from one end of the screen to the other, which is why you build a carrier, load them in, and then jump it and that sort of thing. You know, the interesting thing about this game, I found anyway, is that it looks like you're watching a movie. Yeah. Especially if you take the time during a battle to, like, focus on, say, a, I don't know, a, a Corvette or a fighter or a bigger ship and zoom right in and just take that moment to appreciate this battle from some super close point of view it's it's just it's got a cool look to it and the music is pretty great and the sound design is some of the best i've ever heard in a game with the radio chatter and you can actually increase or decrease so if you pump it all the way up you get this it feels like you're almost like in a control center it's almost like the 3d rts version of rules of engagement you know what I mean? Like, I would almost like to see this game melded with rules of engagement where you could just watch the you could just watch the battle and not actually direct it, you know, in detail. But I, it's one of those things. If you like a slower paced RTS, this is probably for you. If you need it yeah. to be fast, you know, if you need this to be StarCraft too fast. No, no, this is not your game. Yeah, um, um, that actually actually mentioned something <laughs> else. I, I found I didn't really meld with well with this game was the voice acting really it's acting yeah it was we're under attack incoming fire i i found it was so monotone and well yeah but that's the point you're listening to radio chatter but you're listening to professional radio chatter like these are like professional not soldiers but sailor whatever they're professional fleet people and it's you don't hear screaming oh my god oh my god and maybe that would make things more interesting but i don't know i found it i i found it very compelling um, i found it very dry and it sounded like i was listening to some dude reading lines off a sheet of paper in a recording booth huh, that's interesting that's what i found i liked about it but to each their own uh everyone's yeah. entitled to their opinion if you want to waste yours being wrong that's totally fine but <laughs> you know it, it's this game is perpetually on sale it's easy to pick up yeah. And if you like RTSs, I absolutely recommend it. The one thing it's missing is Homeworld Cataclysm, which was a quick turnaround for Homeworld 1. It was a sort of a standalone expansion. And it was made by, I think it was Naughty Dog, actually. Oh. And there was a rights issue. And they couldn't, Gearbox could not acquire them. With Cataclysm, they did manage to pump it out, but on GOG only, and they renamed it. So it's Homeworld resurgence or something like that it's a very weird very different sort of game where some weird offshoot tribe of this is all very it's all about tribes they talk about like there's a huge backstory to these games remember the original game came with a like 300 page background story manual uh, and in I fact so, that Mod- book. yeah modifius i think i still have it somewhere modifius the the guys who do role-playing games they're actually making a homeworld role-playing game and there okay. is seriously enough material for that but but oh, cata- yeah, cataclysm was kind of weird. Like your 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 home, your like your mothership was also how you built up fleet capacity, and so all of those support vessels you had to build in Homeworld One and Homeworld Two, all of that is your mothership. And it was oh. kind of a shame they couldn't loop that one in. And then there's 
home there's homeworld deserts of karak which became like it was made by a bunch of guys who worked on the original homeworld and when they released the teaser trailer it looked sounded and felt like a homeworld game and then v3 they, uh, the, the devs at Blackbird Entertainment bumped into the guys at Gearbox, and Gearbox said, well, why don't you actually just go ahead and make it a homeworld game, and we'll give you some money. And they went, okay. And they turned it into a homeworld game. And it's not a, it's, it takes place in a desert, and it's got the same feel, except yeah. it's, you know, in a desert, so it's two-dimensional. I can remember seeing that pop up, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you don't like this one, you're not going to like that one. But, no. uh, you know, Homeworld Remastered, I, I don't even know how much it costs these days, probably not much, and it's perpetually on sale. There is a huge mod community. Uh, my one complaint is that with the multiplayer, they all look this like all the maps ultimately come down to 2D planes where you can you can go 3D by sort of going up or going down and then dropping down on the enemy in a surprise. But that only works against other human players who aren't paying attention. Right. Like it's not going to work against it's not going to work against a computer because a computer is going to see you coming. But it is truly 3D because you can come at them from from up top. You can come up from them from you know down below. It is a true 3D naval combat simulator, and one of the most amazing things you can do in this game is have some massive pitched battle and trying to keep all these plates these plates spinning at once where you've got this squadron of fighters going after this squadron and you've got these bombers engaging with this capital ship and you've got corvettes and frigates and you've got you know infil infiltrator ships that are latching on to enemy battleships and trying to take control of them and you know oh my god he's got you know three of the four infiltrators latched onto me what can i do do i have you know fighters nearby and it's it's this wild, chaotic mess, and everything that moves to give you the idea of motion. It leaves behind a string of light, mm -hmm. so everything looks cool. Yeah, and you know the game runs beautifully even on an older system. You can run this thing in 4K, and if you're looking for one of the ultimate expressions of the real-time strategy game, as far as space combat goes, like there are more recent ones. There's the Battlefield Gothic or whatever the. 40k one and there's a few others but if you're looking for the space rts that is sort of the pinnacle of that this is it this is like it's homeworld and i'm always going to come back to this i actually just played the homeworld one campaign a couple weeks ago and adored it it was just as much fun as it was the first time i played it you know however many years 20 years ago now my god 21 22 years ago that's scary but yeah yeah no i i absolutely believe it it's like I said, it's a beautiful game. It sounds fantastic. It's. <laughs> I, I think that I think that it just honestly didn't click with me. I just. You're not an RTS it, guy. Yeah, it's it's probably it. I mean, I've played RTSs in the past, but it's never been a genre that I've desperately sunk my time into. You know. And I mean, I've played. I think the furthest that I've ever gotten in Homeworld One was like Mission Eight or something okay. like that. Uh, so I've, I've gotten a little ways into it, but then I've always run up against something or another. I don't remember what it was that, that stopped me from going any further the yeah. last time I played this game. If you like the art style, but not necessarily the RTS, there's a game out there, some indie developer, one guy made this game, it's called House of the Dying Sons. Okay. And it looks and sounds and feels like Homeworld, except it's a cockpit fighter simulator. But you still do mm -hmm. a little bit of RTSing, but it, and you can play it in VR too. If you ever wanted to just jump in and say, screw the fleet control, I want to get in there and fight. Uh, yeah. And by the way, they're making Homeworld 3. How uh, are they? Cool. Yeah, Relic. Uh, Blackbird Entertainment is doing it. I don't think Relic is doing it. Blackbird is. But they have a lot of the original Relic team. And they, they did this thing where you could, they did it on the site called Fig. It's a Kickstarter. But they only wanted $1 from everyone. 
Well. The idea is that's how you show you're committed to the development of this game. You give them a dollar, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And I've been following this, and I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, Homeworld 1 and 2, they're absolutely going to... Uh, they're always going to be on my playlist. I'll always come back to them. Right. So, well, that so, yeah. makes sense. So, yeah, there it is. There it is.